uh, we used to live with them uh, in New Zealand. So Jocelyn spent her first 10 months in my, my parents' house. So they find it hard, us being over here. And so the opportunity to spend some concentrated time was uh, a thing. And also for my mum particularly, uh, she was a child that was very sick uh, and wasn't meant to make it into adulthood. Um, she didn't go to school. She spent all her days in bed, not being able to breathe. Um, so to come into adulthood and raise a family of six and then go on to do other things, great things, and then in her 70s to complete a really physical feat for her, um, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah, so I'm super proud of my parents and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think just just to add to that, um, it's it's very impressive to, to sort of appreciate what they've did, but also the amount of work that they put prior to the trip and the amount of training, the amount of thought and uh, preparation, you know, long exceeded the 40 days that we were on the Camino itself. You know, they were walking every day, and this is something that they definitely were committed to, and, and they put themselves in the best possible position to do as much as they could, and, and they did very, very well. And there was times where they needed to... Um, do things differently and occasionally to jump on a bus or something like that, but, uh, yeah. Well, if you haven't had a chance to look at their blog, there's some awesome videos and opportunities for you to see some of the interaction that the, uh, uh, that the grandparents had with the kids. Very precious. Uh, and something that I said to Belinda earlier, that these kids are, will treasure for the rest of their, their lives, I think, that memory even though they're still so very young. Mm -hmm. Just powerful, powerful, powerful. And I could get going about the, the importance of grandparents, but we, this is not about me, this is about you. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what was the highlight, the, maybe the most, uh, what, what brought each of you the most joy? I think that's probably a little bit of an easy question because I think the thing that we were a little bit stressed about is just the girls and how they were gonna cope in the stroller in that amount of time, but um, when you reference to how they are normal day to day, they really just exceeded our expectations and, and I guess it revealed some blind spots and we were sort of humoring tablet time and screen time as a way of just to break up some of the day and we never, it never came to that, it never was pulled out, it was never something we needed and, you know, 60-70% of the time they were sleeping. Um, so that, that, that helps, but, you know, having that one-on-one -on -one time that, uh, I, you know, I spy, the, the, the uh, spontaneous singing, the uh, hide and seek on the stroller. It was just a really, and, it, and, it, and it's to see the morning version of my daughters is, is, is pretty awesome as well. They're just a little bit different. Yeah. Beautiful. And um, I think it just really, it didn't matter what we were doing, it's just the fact that we were doing it together, yeah. whether it was chalk, whether it was singing, whether it was yeah. reading, um, and, or playing on the playground. It was so precious. Yeah. And as well, to add to that, like, I really enjoyed hearing about all the special times Roland and Jocelyn had together because Roland always pushed Jocelyn and I always pushed Dorothy and Roland and Jocelyn tended to walk ahead of us most of the time um, and they would scope out our accommodation for the night and stuff. Um, and it really suited both of their personalities. They both need a lot of alone time and quiet time and so they were kind of in the groove with that and uh, Dorothy loved walking with grandma and granddad and um, I've just got so many great memories of Dorothy playing lots of games with my mum and dad and they would just slow things down and allow Dorothy to walk and dawdle Dawdled. along and walk with the stick and walk backwards when we're trying to go that way and just being okay with that and so uh, yeah 
that was that's really a good memory for me too. And also, I think we weren't anticipating how much joy other people would receive from our kids, and mm. particularly we're going through some. And the trail is honestly, hundreds of thousands of people will do it each year, but 98% of them will be you know 10 and above. And to go to, through some of these towns that have 20, 60, 80 people, which huh. you know, predominantly are catering to the, the trail and also of an older generation, to see how many you know, people just really warmed to, to our daughters, it was pretty awesome. At times it was overwhelming and you know, the, the attention was, was tough, but uh, it was definitely uh, something nice. They got so many treats, like people just everywhere we went, they would just give them <laughs> treats, lollies, and yeah, you name it. It wow. was, uh, yeah, and they did very well, like particularly my uh, Jocelyn. She's not a fan of a lot of attention, as many of you will know, and uh, she dealt with it very well. And um, they got lots of comments of guapa, which is uh, beautiful in Spanish. So, yeah, muy guapa. And, and near, near the end, it was particularly nice because I guess for us it was always important to, to give thanks when, when you receive something and near the end particularly it was something that Jocelyn started to do uh, un, un, uh, unasked. And we were really proud of her for doing that so yeah. So where are we at on the, the um, school now? Has it, has it gone through once or are you still on the first round? No idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lots of good photos there. By the way they filled our Dropbox up. We couldn't even load their servers today so it's uh, but it was worth it all. It's still on the first loop, good. Wow, well the kids are enjoying, they have, by the way, they're totally into this, but they're watching it on the, the monitor because it's very clear, so if any of you are having trouble seeing it, this is another way to see it. So uh, a couple more questions. What was your, um, uh, yeah, just your biggest challenge? It was probably the heat at times because we, we figured out early on that we needed to actually sleep with our kids in the bunk beds, otherwise they would fall out. And so when it's, there was a couple times where it was 40, 41, 45. Um, it, and, and it's different in, in Vancouver where you get peak heat at maybe two o'clock and then it tapers down where yeah. in Spain, for whatever reason, um, it just gets hotter and hotter and hotter and it finally apexes at about eight or nine o'clock. So it, so it was just uh, at times pretty stuffy. Um, the other sort of little bit of a challenge was around meal times and just we don't siesta. We wanted to sort of keep pretty regimented in terms of structure and bedtimes and things like that so we could have the best version of our kids. So um, when we were putting the girls down, most people would be out eating. And just just some of the differences in, in sort of cultures. Uh, we have a certain thermostat, what we think is cool and hot. That's different than when you come from a place like Spain where when we found it hot, they were quite comfortable. Yeah. Know? And so. It was funny because we, we stayed in this one private hostel as a treat, and uh, like they, you know, like boasting air conditioning, were like awesome. And we were just thinking about that all day as we were walking to this place. And anyway, the air conditioning was set at 24, <laughs> and it was just like. Oh. Um, and then I went and talked to the uh, reception lady to get it turned down and um, she was like not willing to turn it down below 22 because she was worried we'd get cold and I was like we're not going to get cold honestly and she, she just couldn't deal with the fact that like she didn't believe us like she just could not believe it or fathom it so I think she ended up putting it down to 23 yeah it was like yeah so, so dealing with the heat, also Dorothy's a bit of a warm body as well and she wants her space and trying to make sure she doesn't fall out and typically we sort of have these bunk beds against walls and we'd sort of be the buffer but you know when it's hot you want your own space to sprawl out. Uh, 
And also, if you're not sleeping well, it sort of runs in the next day where you're not amped or pumped or the best version of yourself either. So, um. I think um, probably the other thing that was the hardest was just probably just the first week, getting over jet lag and jumping straight into the trail. We arrived at the Paris airport and they had lost one of our strollers and that was really stressful to deal with and they sort of at the time said it was still back in Vancouver and it was like we were leaving Paris the next day to go on the train ride to then start our trip and it was just with the lack of sleep it was really hard to think how you could we were going to make this work and uh, but it, it did all work out in the end and it arrived in time and we were really thankful for that. Uh, but, um, and then just getting into a rhythm, like working out my parents' needs, our kids' needs and what we needed and getting into a system. But after that, it, we got into a groove. Like, you know, honestly, the, the physical component wasn't, wasn't an issue. There was no real points where we, you know, felt overwhelmed by the fatigue physically, sometimes emotionally and socially it was exhausting. Um, sometimes uh, sleep was on short order. Um, but we also, we also, I think we're pretty clever about it. We started walking, getting up at five, and doing most of our walking, better part of our walking done before the sun came up. And that was a really special time, but it also meant that we weren't hitting that peak heat and uh, we were just sort of planned accordingly. But it is, near the end it was hard because it did feel like there's just so many more people and you just get caught into this mm. atmosphere of competition and this atmosphere of rush. Mm -hmm. and, um, and part of that is, is justified because there is um, accommodation, municipal accommodation is in short supply. And, but you, you notice it when you're getting up, as soon as one person got up, the rest of them got up and they're sort of you know, getting, getting everything sorted and out the door and you just like, it, you sort of lost track of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. and, so that was more near the end. Definitely more the end. Like you would sit down at a cafe and um, you might have 100, 200 people that pass you by and it's, there's something just mysterious about it because you feel like, oh, these people are passing us. Me, you know, we, we need to sort of keep on track, um, which is you know, a little bit unusual. Um, but we did really, really enjoy and embrace the, the coffee culture there, which is a direct yeah. contrast to what we have here where you get a cafe or a coffee, a cafe con leche, and you just sit and just while and drink. And we're here, there's, you know, there's very much sort of a takeaway culture. And uh, mm. there's many, many just really nice opportunities to sit down and just relax yeah. and enjoy uh, some covering books and things like that with the girls and uh, take what was on offer. Yeah. The bells of the cows reminded me of Switzerland. Yeah, that's, that's something else we miss. Like, there's just a constant bell everywhere. Yeah. Every town, you didn't need a watch. You could sort of figure out what time it was. That's uh, something that's very much absent here. Um, oh, with the cowbells, yeah, yeah, in the first uh, couple of days, especially when we were up in, high in the mountains. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the cowbells were vital there because, like, you really couldn't see anything when the mist comes down. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah. Did you always hear that ding, 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 ding? ding. Yeah. yeah, it was kind it's, of neat. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, one, one thing in reading the whole blog, I, you may not see it when you're, you're kind of writing individual pieces, but there was such a sense of God's helping you guys through the whole trip, just different little interventions and, you know, like what happened with the stroller at the beginning and then the flat tire and, the, yeah. and, and then your mom's fall, which yeah. was just an amazing, angelic, I think, yeah. protection. But, yeah, my mom, um, I think it was on day Two, three. Three, three, I think, um, she fell down a cliff. Um, and many, it's not the best person, if you're going to have someone fall, like, meters. you don't want yeah. my mum to fall. Um, yeah. 
But anyway, she just was so pleased it happened because she felt like it was God reminding her to be really aware of where she walked. And for the rest of the walk, she always walked on the other side to where a cliff was. <laughs> but just, she's always been a bit unsteady on her feet anyway. And um, she just felt like it was God reminding her and like nothing broke, her glasses didn't break, she was holding her camera, that didn't break. Um, She just got a few grazes on her face, like she fell head first and at her age really she probably should have broken something, maybe her hip, but she just really didn't hurt anything and it was, yeah, it was awesome. I remember reading it and I just went... No, I, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I could not believe that there was no, just by the, like you said, two, three meters. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, yeah, and for the rest like of, 10 feet yeah, for, but for the rest of the trip, she was very, very, um, very, you know, good at advocating for herself and listening to her body, and, yeah. and really, that's not something that's easy to do, because she's, she's wanting to be with the masses, and um, when it meant that she had to take a half day or a, take a day off, that's what they did. And they also made it easier on themselves by shipping their backpacks to the next town. Yeah. So they were carrying, you know, little or, or nothing, or just the, what they needed for the day. And it made that uh, made the walk a little bit more accessible. So what's what's uh, as we kind of come to wrap this up? What's the takeaway? The primary takeaway? What did what did you you gain from this time? And uh, you know, it doesn't have to be super spiritual. It's already what you've shared has been profound. But any other takeaways? I saw. I, I caught myself being quite impressed with the visual history of where we are. I mean, in particular, you go to these um, just absolutely stunning cathedrals, and you can't help but be in awe, whether you're religious or not, to see how much time and dedication and lifetimes have gone into um, the construction of them, and to be inspired by people that have been so devoted and so captivated by by this religion. Um, yeah, it's just it's phenomenal. We're not talking, you know, ten years. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of years putting these these magnificent uh, cathedrals yeah. together. Um, the amount of time and devotion uh, and commitment is is stunning. You know, the marriage to religion is is phenomenal. So before you before you give it to Belinda, I want to ask you, Roland, because your background is Catholic. Yes. So what what kind of connections happen there for you? Or are you still kind of thinking about? I'm, Probably still processing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do think that that was, was an, again, kind of a, a piece that would have been nice to sort of been able to um, research and, and get further embedded. And it just, it just wasn't an offer to the extent that maybe if we weren't with kids or, or parents, um, it didn't allow. But, yeah, maybe I'm still working on it. Yeah. Good. Linda? Um, uh, I think for me, uh, I just had a real sense of the whole trip, just feeling really grateful. Yeah. Um, just even with little things, just how, as you said, just the timing of things, just always really did seem to work out. And I just felt like, yeah, God's hand was over our trip. And uh, just little examples, like I got blisters and I was annoyed at the time because I was like, normally I thought blisters would all come at the beginning of the trip, you know, like you'd just get them all and then you'd be done with them. Whereas I got them in progression. I got two, they were always the same on both feet. Like I got one on each foot and then they would heal and I'd get another couple on a different place and then I got some more on a different place. And I was like, oh, this is annoying. But um, it made me realize if I had got them all at the same time and I had blisters on all different parts of my feet, I probably wouldn't have been able to walk. 
Um, and so then I was really grateful that I did get the blisters um, in the way I did. And then when they did heal, in the last couple of weeks, my feet felt awesome. I was again really grateful, like, and just really aware of that, and just the simplicity of you could just think about blisters on your feet. You didn't have to think about anything else, and just being grateful for that. And um, also, one night I got a stomach bug, and if it had happened the night before, we would have been in a large dorm room, and I would have had to walk down a hallway to a manky toilet to vomit in, and that wouldn't have been fun. And not saying my vomiting night was fun, but um, Just degrees, the whole time I was <laughs> vomiting into the toilet, I was so grateful that we were in a room on our own and I had a toilet that only my family had used. And um, my dad slept with Dorothy that night so I could have my own bed. And I was just super grateful of the timing of getting sick. And, um, and it meant the next day, my, my dad pushed Dorothy and that made his day because the whole time it had been killing him watching me push up all the hills and everything and I was always like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I chose to do this, I'm gonna do it. Um, so he was just super chuffed that he was able to help me. Uh, so that actually brought me some joy too. Like it's okay to have some help, it actually means something to other people yeah. as well. Um, and as well, the, the flat tire, uh, we, uh, I got a ride one day from a man for five kilometers. Um, when I was on my own, Roland was ahead and he had the puncture kit, so I wasn't able to fix it. Um, and just how willing the guy was to help me, he was just so happy to help me, and uh, I was really grateful for that. And then the next time my puncture, uh, it, I got a puncture, my mum and dad were close by and I really enjoyed the time my dad and I took to fix the tyre and that felt really good. And, um, and then just with the timing of when we got the new wheel, uh, we got a wheel through the um, buggy company and um, the next day our uh, tyre completely blew out. So if we hadn't got that tyre the day before, we would have been in a bit of a pickle. Um, so it was just wonderful timing and just again so grateful how those things happened. So it wasn't a perfect trip, but all of those things that kind of go a little bit wrong, but not really, really wrong, um, yeah. just make you really grateful. Yeah. And probably just the last thing was, you know, after sleeping so many nights in a different place, it made me think about my home and the apartment we live in. It's huge now. <laughs> you know, it's not something we, it's not like our dream home or anything like that and it's easy to sort of pick it apart and not be happy about where, where we live but really it's amazing and it's a great location and the girls love it and it's their home and yeah. so it just made me feel grateful for that too, so. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so pace, pace your blisters and... Um, uh, so, something about, yeah, pace your sickness. It sounds that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if there's time, but I did have one other yeah. thing. It was just a, a verse. I had this idea of I was going to continue my daily devotion every day while we're away. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen, but I was able to get a couple in. Um, cool. And just a verse that I ended up 
sticking with me and I just kept in the back of my mind as I was walking um, was Ephesians 4 verse 2, just uh, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And I think that really helped just with the relationships in our little intimate group of walking, like we all had different paces and needs and wants and just always coming to a place of uh, just loving my mum and dad and loving Roland and loving the kids and the different mm. situations, even if it wasn't what I thought was right or wanted. or And that really helped centre me and um, be more empathetic and understanding. And also of other people on the trail, just how Roland said towards the end it got quite busy mm -hmm. and there were cultural differences and how people operated the chose to spend their day or, and I think just standing back and appreciating the good things that they brought and how they did life differently and just appreciating that rather than thinking of the annoying parts of it. Um, yeah, just, just really recognizing, recognizing that this was a really, really big deal for most people. And, and yeah. it, was, it was for us, but like people were really suffering. Yeah. And you know, like, and, and it's interesting when you learn about the history of the trail that you go to these towns and they had seven pilgrim hospitals. And so you get a sense that at once upon a time, wow. people didn't quite make the whole pilgrim. You know, it was something, yeah. uh, whereas now it's, it's very easy. But just because we sort of found it yeah, approachable and not bad, you know, there's definitely some other people that uh, this is their... Uh, yeah, we saw so many people with, you know... Hobbling. Hobbling, bung knees, just terrible blisters, but to the point where they couldn't walk and just... We saw it a lot. It was actually surprising how physically hard some people found it. Yeah. And that's not us saying we're awesome. It's just, yeah. It was just, I guess, in part, we're just like... It, there are different people in different uh, elements of fitness, but also maybe as a... So I don't know. I don't want to go down that track. <laughs> so it's interesting because um, there's a lot of metaphors in Scripture about um, walking. You know, uh, walking with God. Talks about Abraham walked with God, and how that our 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 Christian life is a walk. But there's nothing about driving. It never says you know drive with God. And for me, it's interesting. Kirsten actually gave me a novel that I've been reading. It's called The uh, Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. It's about this guy that goes on a 500-meter or kilometer walk. And just the difference in life, so much of our life is driving. And we go past things so fast. Mm -hmm. And what, I hear, what I'm hearing from you guys is just things that you were able to see that you couldn't see any other way just mm -hmm. because you took that walk and the pace, not only physically, but spiritually and, and emotionally, relationally. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, anything else? I'd like to pray for you guys and just kind of pray. You know, we sent you off, blessed you. We want to bless you to come back and be here. Um, and always re-entry. I know you've been back for a couple of weeks, but... Just even in the community. Uh, anything else to say before we do? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do I think sense I... an adventure on you, uh, Roland. And, you know, there is something of, just spiritually, I feel that you are called to, to you know, that, that metaphor of being rooted and journeying. And, and there, is, there is something about that on you guys. Uh, 
It does so. feel good to get away, for sure. Like, I think just to get away from life, and it, again, just makes you appreciate what you do have back home, but just to get away from it does... I mean, it, it was hard us. at points, but in, in reality, we it was a very simple existence for, for almost six weeks. We got up, we, we knew what we had to wear because there wasn't much, and we knew what we had to do, and, you know, the rest of it was kind of not, not, too, not too tricky. And, and on some levels, I guess, coming back, you appreciate those little things, and this is a little bit different. Other excursions we've gone on, we've really sort of deprived ourselves of certain things, and there's a massive sense of gratitude and, um, for certain things. But, uh. Yeah, I heard when you were going just a, a longing for simplicity. I mean, I particularly heard Belinda use that word, and I, but I hear it coming from both of you. Just, I think just probably that. as well. Like um, before going away, I, I've been pretty stressed about my work. Um, being a nurse, I'm a registered nurse, um, and I've just really not wanted to be a nurse for a really long time, but felt that was what I had to do. Um, and I, what I realized when I came back, one of the other things I loved so much about being away was not having the anxiety over my work and um, just in really enjoying not thinking about it at all. And so coming back, thinking about it again was really tough. Um, and so one big thing for us in the last two weeks is uh, I've had Roland's blessing to leave nursing for good. <laughs> I'm like so pumped, like it's like making me really happy. So I don't know what the next thing is for me. Um, I do want to work, but I just don't know what that is. But um, it's probably, it wasn't going on the Camino made that decision. It's probably been a long time coming, but it probably helped propel the decision. So yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's pray for these guys. Do you want to stretch your hands towards them? Maybe couple of our elders could help me uh, lay hands on them. Thank you, Lord. We blessed your, your going, and now we bless your coming, your return. And we receive you, and we're grateful for your stories because we feel a part of them. We feel a part of those stories. Through our prayers, we were part of that through our love, through our hearts, being with you. So we just surround you as you go on a, a continued pilgrimage. Maybe the terrain won't be the same, the physical aspects won't be the same, but nonetheless, the unknown, the, a new journey, a new, a new season. So we bless you to hear, just as you've simplified your lives through these last yes, few months. And, and, and I really do believe that has helped in your hearing. I really do. I sense a, a greater clarity to hear and to see. So we, we just surround you with our love and with our... We, we ask, Lord, now for, for your protection over them, for your provision. And as Belinda has just shared, just the step that she wants to take, that you would lead her. And there would be a sense of your providing for her and for them, Lord, as, as she takes this step. Thank you, Jesus. I just bless uh, the heart in, in, in Roland for adventure. Lord, we've heard about other trips, crazy trips they've taken before. It just seems to be part of their life. And uh, just bless his heart for First Nations. 
Lord, I sense that in him and his love for justice and for your kingdom to come. So I just pray this year as they've come back from journeying and as they're planted, that their roots would now go down deep with lots of growth as a result of this journey that they've taken. Just fill them with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this family and um, the new energy and freedom I see on their children, the bonding that they had as you led them, Lord. Um, God, I just thank you for um, how they learned just to put their trust in you for your mercies are new every day. Lord, I just thank you for right now, again, as Gordia said, for Belinda, as she's listening to the still small voice, like Elijah heard in the cave when he was tired and distressed, and he knew that his expectations had not been met, and he was like wondering whether he was, you know, actually done, but he wasn't done because God came and called him out. So, Lord, I thank you that we as a community just trust that you're going to really lead Belinda, who's got this amazing, joyful personality, mm. into the calling, and she's so excited just to be finished one phase of her life. She doesn't want to be in drudgery. She doesn't want to do something because she has to do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, Lord, you're going to come, and you're going to lead and guide her. Thank you for her husband just standing with her. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it, Lord. You mm-hmm. you. Uh, send the Holy Spirit to be an advocate to comfort us and lead and guide us into the way that you have for us. So we just bless this couple. We bless them to continue to model family life off the, off the screen, model the beauty of nature. We just bless them, Lord, and bless their kids. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome sharing. Thank you. With us and um, yeah, praying for us along the way and for some of you that enjoyed reading our blog. So thank you. Um, and also, we thought of you guys lots while we were gone, um, and Jocelyn always was excited to come back to church. Um, and we've got two cakes that we brought back, the almond cakes, so sorry if that doesn't work for everyone, um, but apparently they are special cakes that you can only get in Santiago in Spain, so we hope you enjoy those too. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Beautiful. So we're going to end our our worship time today by celebrating, which I think is very appropriate, communion together. This is Rick, who very faithfully every week uh, prepares our communion. And I'm going to get you a mic here, Rick, and you can give some some practical instructions. just what's happening, and I'll, get, I'll introduce okay. and pray for it. 